0: Along with individual experts, Surgeon Masters brings you life improvement strategies in 10 minutes. These proven principles and strategies are easy to learn and can be applied immediately, allowing you to practice your best. Here's your host, Jeff
1: Smith. Welcome to the Surgeon Masters mini-podcast. I have with me Dr. Kara Pepper. Kara is a practicing primary care internist, primary care physician for Atlanta Ballet, and also a certified life coach. And everybody knows how much I like coaches. So Kara, welcome to join us. Yeah, thanks.
0: Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
1: So we wanted to talk about a topic that has really come out, I think, in the last few years, and maybe it's known about for a while, but the concept of imposter syndrome. So tell us a little bit about you and why you are so knowledgeable on imposter syndrome.
0: Sure. So, uh, because I'm a lifelong imposter, I think. (laughs) When I was a kid, I wanted to be a ballet dancer when I grew up and was fortunate enough to have this amazing experience. Left home in eighth grade and then danced professionally after high school. And due to a lot of injuries, ultimately had to go back to school after a very brief career. And I was always good at math and science and got into med school and always thought, you know, how did I trick these people into accepting a ballet dancer into med school? So, you know, I just put my head down and worked hard. And even though I felt out of place or that I didn't deserve to be there and then similarly got into a great residency and thought, man, these people are so smart around me. I just better work hard and keep up. And then I joined a practice, of course, with all these chief residents and thought, man, I've got to I've got to be as good as they are. So, you know, for me, imposter syndrome in some ways positively was motivating. It kept me excellent at what I did. And I was well recognized for that. But the flip side is that I was miserable. I really never felt that I was quite measuring up. And that really gets to the core of of imposter syndrome, which is this feeling of inadequacy despite objective success.
1: You mentioned also some of the other key words of the concept that you've tricked somebody and trying to reach some sort of expectation that all the outside is telling you that you've achieved, but inside, It's not clicking or something. So tell us more.
0: Yeah, it really gets down to this feeling of like self worth, right? If I personally don't believe I'm good enough to be there, then no amount of external validation is really going to reinforce that for me. So that's the thing with imposters. There's no threshold of success that will ever put these feelings to rest, right? You get into a great residency, then you're chief resident, you're AOA, you become you know, practicing clinician, you're chair of the department, you know, you do all these things. And at each of these transition points, people think, oh man, like I really pulled one over on on them. I better try harder so they don't realize that I'm really not as good as they think I am. So particularly high achievers, it's more common in women and introverts. And so there are people who are at higher risk for experiencing this than others.
1: Just out of curiosity, because you would mentioned that it is more common in women, but it's more common in introverts. Being an introvert, I'm a little curious, what's the correlation there?
0: I would speculate as a fellow introvert that it's probably we spend more time in our heads, you know, as opposed to externally. And so it's easy to get wrapped up in these thought processes, these thought narratives that tell us like you're not good enough. So there's Several different types of imposters, if if you'll indulge me. Um, I think we all know people who are these, <laughs> are these types, particularly for perfectionists. That's the first type. This idea is like, if I keep up, if I'm good enough, they're going to realize that I'm not the idiot they thought I was. So lots of perfection and you know sadness when people don't do as well as they think they will. The next type is like the expert. Like you have to know every single thing that you could possibly know before you raise your hand in class. So these are, are people who are constantly learning, constantly trying to get ahead, but they never actually like push themselves out into the forefront because they're afraid of being caught for not knowing. We see a lot of genius imposters in medicine. And these are people who are super smart. Everything comes really easy to them. And when they try something that doesn't come easy, instead of having a growth mindset, they think like, oh my gosh, I really am a failure after all. So then they actually only set limited goals so that they don't have to experience that, that shame again. And then you'll see these superheroes, which are like, I call them the Pinterest moms, like the ones who are like workaholics. They're at the top of their class. They are chair of every committee. They're growing their vegetables in the backyard. They're on the PTA. People are everything to everyone because they think, man, if I'm not, people are really going to recognize that I'm a failure. And then lastly, like the pure soloist, like someone who is an individual, never asks for help, has to do it on their own. And any asking for help means that they clearly are not worthy. So they insist on doing everything single-handedly.
1: So that's really interesting. And it brings a little bit of a thought to me that that perhaps the concept of imposter syndrome is that we all feel it at some point in time, because that is potentially characteristics of almost every high achiever.
0: Correct. So whenever we try anything new, you know, first day in med school, first day of residency, first day in practice, new job, there are two ways, two main ways to look at it. One is this is really exciting. Look at all the new stuff that I get to try and learn. And the other part is, wow, this feels really uncertain. I don't know what this holds. That clearly must be me. I'm the problem as opposed to looking at it as an opportunity for growth. Do you often see these like real feelings of like shame and inadequacy coming up for people as they take on new challenges? And so you'll see that periodically through people's career.
1: So it sounds like one of the remedies or recommendations for surgeons that might be experiencing this is to shift the thinking to a more positive mindset and realize that the other mindsets there, you're just trying to balance the dosing. Correct.
0: Absolutely. So we all have a narrative about every experience that we have in life. And so if the narrative for you is, man, I don't know if I'm good enough, you know, I want to be a better surgeon. I want to reach this peak in my career. I want to get this chairmanship. If the narrative in your brain is I don't think I'm good at this, then that's what you're going to believe. So part of it is one, recognize that you have a narrative and two, acknowledge what it is. Is it self facing, Is it positive? Does it develop opportunities for growth? And then secondly is just acknowledging it community-wise. And that's the part that we get stuck in in medicine. You don't want to admit that you feel like a failure, but as it turns out, everyone is feeling like this to some degree. Just so to say, man, like I can't believe I got here and this job. And people say, yeah, that's what I felt my first day too. That alone helps just normalize the situation.
1: Right. And then when you go through a lot of self-care, self-addressing of your messaging, then you can really tamp down the volume. So maybe you don't feel it as much, but you can still appreciate having been there and had that thought process. Right.
0: So I don't think those thoughts ever truly go away. I think that they can become a witness test. I think that once you learn to recognize that they're there, name what it is like, oh, no, I'm not a failure. But like, yeah, this is just a new situation. And this is how I feel when things are uncertain. You can actually use that as a cue to say, oh, wow, this is an opportunity for growth, not one that has anything to do with who I am and the value that I bring to the table.
1: That's so excellent. I really appreciate you sharing so much knowledge on imposter syndrome. Can you summarize that for us, for our listeners?
0: One, you are not alone. <laughs> Two, acknowledge that you have an inner narrative and listen to what it's telling you. Three, normalize this experience with the people around you because if you're feeling it, other people are too. And four, learn to harness those thoughts as your superpower to give you information about how you're feeling.
1: Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Kara.
0: Thanks for having me. This is great.
1: There you have it. In less than 10 minutes, this is Jeff Smith, along with Dr. Cara Pepper until the next episode of life improvement strategies for the surgeon once more. Ciao.
0: Now take 10 minutes and put your plan into action to practice your best.